Hello, everybody out there in Twitter land. This is Fighting the Void. We are back from our Easter break. Uh, I am I am Ginger, as always. And once again, my wonderful co-host, Crystal, has returned from whatever dark portal it is that she likes to suck herself into every now and again. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and today, we are joined by none other than Eric Blake at Hardboiled Films on Twitter. Mm-hmm. And... Eric Blake, you might know him from uh, Faith Moore's podcast, uh, Princess State of Mind. He's been on there a couple of times. He also writes regularly for, and correct me if I'm wrong on this, Eric, Western Free Press. And he does a bunch of awesome reviews. Uh, he does a bunch of awesome movie reviews. He writes the kind of movie reviews that I have wanted to read or write my whole life. So, oh wow, that is high praise. I gotta say, that is very high praise from somebody. I wish I could have written something like that. I mean, it's hum- I, I, I would like to say it's humbling, but who am I kidding? It's an ego boost. <laughs> Correct response. Okay, and uh, Eric here is an ardent defender of the DC cinematic universe, which mm-hmm. I understand they have recently changed it to that as opposed to the DC extended universe. Hmm. It really depends on who you're asking. Fair I mean, enough. someone like someone like last Comic Con, they were calling it Worlds of DC, presumably because they wanted to include the Elseworlds films, like the re- the upcoming Joker film. But as far as anyone is concerned, like DC Extended Universe has stuck because DC EU flows off the tongue better than DC CU. It does. So, it does. Yeah. So, uh, but. Eric is an ardent defender of the of this particular cinematic universe, and mm-hmm. do not uh, do not yell "butt Martha" at him. He will he will kill you. <laughs> yeah, I will. I will say to be fair, um, I have sort of joked about Ma- Martha sometimes. Like if um, I've like we've done jokes in our fandom about what if um, Godzilla versus Kong ends with save Mothra, <laughs> but but there you go. <laughs> but it's it's like this. Um, Martha jokes for DCEU fans, it's like the N-word. Only certain people can say it. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Yeah. So uh so what let, let's let's start let's start very big picture here. What okay. is it that because I also um I'm definitely a when it, when it comes to comics, especially DC over Marvel. Not that oh, I hate yes. Marvel, I like Marvel, mm-hmm. but I like DC more. Uh, animated. Mm-hmm. Uh, can we all agree that nothing touches DC animation? Absolutely. Like, Kevin Conroy, the Bruce Tim stuff, everything. Yeah, yeah. Kevin Conroy is the definitive portrayal <clears throat> of Batman, hands John down. Right. Yeah. And thank you. What's that? Thank you. Yes. I said thank you. Does, does mm-hmm. anyone who disagrees with that is a, is a terrorist? Anyway, words of violence. And uh, but when it Things get a little dicier when you get to the cinematic universe. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, do I like it? Yes, I do. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I'm, I'll be honest, as as a cinematic universe, I think mm-hmm. Marvel's better. Yeah. As a cinematic universe. I'm going to have to agree with you. I, that said, I appreciate much about DC in that they, I, I like that they are trying to go a different route than Marvel. I, I've never mm-hmm. wanted them to copy Marvel. I've always thought that would be a mistake, both from a business and a storytelling standpoint. And, Absolutely. And they... Whether, whether they... Uh, 
whether they actually hit it out of the park or not, they they try. They swing for the fences. And yes. I got to give them credit for that. They don't. They haven't just played it safe. They haven't just gone, you know. They haven't gone movie by numbers, which some of the Marvel yeah. films you are you can arguably say is essentially movies by numbers. Yeah. Yeah. They just do. They do pretty good at movies by numbers. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, yeah. But you know, let's call it what it is. So, yeah, Eric, mm -hmm. what is it mm -hmm. that what is it that you love about the DCEU? Well, um, <clears throat> let's start at the beginning. Let's start at the beginning with this little baby right here, Man of Steel. Yes. Um, I was always more of a Batman fan than a Superman fan. Now, I loved, I liked, enjoyed the first uh, two Christopher Reeve films. Mm -hmm. But as far as Batman, I always found Batman more interesting, especially with Christopher Nolan's Dark Knight trilogy right here. Mm -hmm. Um this is like some of my favorites. Like if I were to, like someone were to ask me my top five or top 10 movies, I would always list the Dark Knight trilogy as the one as up at the, near the top. But yeah. the thing is, and then Man of Steel came out. Now, a big reason I didn't like Superman as much as I like Batman was like, I felt like, oh, well, he's, he has it all together for the most part. I mean, I loved the first half of the first movie, uh, the Christopher Reeve movie, where he's struggling to find out who he is. But once he has that figured out, the movie's kind of, oh, it's enjoyable, but it's enjoyable, but you know, okay. Not as good as the first half. But Man of Steel, suddenly I found myself really connecting with mm -hmm. Superman because yeah. he is... I, I suddenly I realized this is the story of a man who feels like an outsider and he's struggling to find his place in the world. And when many people, when they condemn Man of Steel, they say, oh, well, why is he so moody? Why doesn't he, uh, <clears throat> why is he so moody? Why is he not like Chris Reed? Why is he not a Boy Scout? Well, they're kind of missing the point. He is a Boy Scout. He mm -hmm. really is. He's an, he is still the same idealistic black and white view of the world strictly strongly moral guy that we know and love the difference is he's thrown into essentially our world a very shades of gray ambiguous world filled with corruption filled with complications and a boy scout living in that kind of world would feel upset about a lot of things he would get saddened and here he is struggling to find his place in that world aside from also the fact that he's he's got all these powers and stuff like how does he fit in and in finding a place to fit in i personally i felt inspired i felt like i felt hopeful mm -hmm. in a way like he was an ideal of hope for me and for yeah. others like who have felt as an outsider so that's what Zack snyder was trying to do and to say like and i'm glad you brought up <clears throat> a there they should not be like marvel but b why is it what is it about why is Marvel like was able to like get a cinematic universe going in a, in a way that was like, it was much more stable. Let's put it that way, more stable than the DCU mm -hmm. was. Well, the reason is Zack Snyder originally didn't want to do a shared universe. What he okay. wanted to do, he wanted to do what Christopher Nolan did with Batman. And mm -hmm. oddly enough, like originally Warner Brothers wanted Christopher Nolan to be the one to do it, but Christopher Nolan's like, no, you know, I I'm not a 
superhero fellow. I'm more of a, of a crime thriller fellow. I can do Batman, but that's pretty much it. But I'll tell you who can do it. Like, I'm an Alfred Hitchcock, but you won an Orson Welles. So I'll bring it. I know exactly who can help you do it. And he, he was the one who brought in Zack Snyder. But what Zack Snyder wanted to do, he and, and the writer David Goyer wanted to do a Superman trilogy. He wanted to do a Superman the way that, just like how Christopher Nolan, with his Dark Knight trilogy, what he was doing was grounding batman in the real world so that like the gadgets you could believe that those gadgets can exist the bat suit is made of kevlar um the batmobile is an experimental tank all that good stuff but with and with superman what would that superhero that superpowered being who is an idealistic boy scout what would he look like in this world in the real world and how would the real world respond to him and he wanted to do a superman trilogy and, and if you look at Batman v Superman, Batman v Superman was originally supposed to be Man of Steel 2 right. before they brought – if you take away the Batman stuff and just focus on Lex Luthor trying to frame Superman, uh, trying to make him look like the bad guy and him fighting against that, you have a Man of Steel 2. You have the Empire Strikes Back of the Superman trilogy. But what happened was um, um, Zack Snyder apparently in this board meeting, he ex – he, Mentioned as an aside, you know, we can have Christian Bale show up as Bruce Wayne in a cameo, like maybe some kryptonite went to Boeing Manor, and then they stopped him right there. It's like, hey, hey, we can do a shared universe like what Marvel's doing over there. Let's bring in Batman. Let's make this a crossover. Let's lead into Justice League. And, and Zach is like, okay. So, and it's not, if you look at the credits for Batman v Superman, it's written by David Goyer and Chris Tarot, not the and symbol, but the word and, which means that they worked on different drafts. David Goyer wrote it as Man of Steel 2. And ah. from what I've been hearing, from what the um, from what the uh, rumors are, supposedly, if you remember in Batman v Superman, there's that character Wallace who had his legs crushed in the battle uh, at the end of the of the of Man of Steel. <laughs> Originally, he was not supposed to be some guy who worked for Bruce Wayne. He was supposed to be John Corbin. He was supposed to be Metallo. Metallo. Yeah. And that was who, and, but the plot of Lex Luthor destroying his soul and turning him into rage against Superman, that was supposed to be bigger. And it was supposed to be him fighting against Metallo. And whether or not he had Doomsday as a backup plan, uh, I don't know. No one really knows. But the thing is, one of the complaints about Batman v Superman is, why did you kill off Superman at so early in the universe? Well, because he didn't want, originally want to do a cinematic universe. That was supposed to be the Empire Strikes Back of his Superman trilogy. Right. And if Superman died in the end of that second movie, I'm sure most people would have accepted it because the, the next movie would have been the last one. It would have been the return of Superman, and he comes back, and then every and then it's a hap, it's a grand finale and a happy ending. But that didn't happen because the studio wanted to catch up to Marvel. They wanted that Marvel money, that billion dollars of like these crossovers. So, yeah. but so he brought in Chris Terrio to make Batman v Superman, and it's a big long epic. And it, as I was saying before we started, um, it ne you need to watch the Ultimate Edition, the three hour cut, in order for it to make yeah. sense. Because like the studio panicked when it was three hours. Never mind that the theatrical cut of Lord of the Rings was three hours each. But who cares? Well, it has to be shorter because audiences don't want it to be that long. So they took out, they had Snyder take out a half hour in the theatrical cut. And the result is the theatrical cut is a mess. And everybody blames Zack Snyder. So 
some things happened. Like they had David Ayer reshoot Suicide Squad to make it more fun. They um mm-hmm. and and then the whole thing with Justice League. But um that's going to be a longer story if you want to get into that. If if and if we have time, we definitely will get yeah. will get into that. Yes. Justice League, yes. Uh, Crystal, um, being mm-hmm. the young being the youngest person in the room, mm-hmm. and before I opine, I am I'm curious, uh, your opinion on the newer, more more grounded portrayal of the Man of Steel. I just I because I think a lot of what a lot of the uh, dissatisfaction with mm-hmm. Cable's portrayal and with Zack Snyder's <clears throat> version in general, I think a lot of it comes from my generation that grew up with Christopher Reeve. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> I'm going to go ahead and suggest, guess that you're not quite as burdened with that baggage. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm going to have to agree with you there because I actually, that one time when we had a family friend visiting and the topic of Batman came up and he was talking about how he didn't like the Dark Knight trilogy because they made Batman super dark and gritty and it's like, where's the comedy? Where's the... And personally, look, I'm gonna be straight with you. I write, I write supernatural fantasy kind of horrorish stuff. So I like right. when things are dark and gritty. Yeah. So me, DC being darker, one, I personally prefer, mm-hmm. and I know a lot of people, probably around my age, but even then, it's across the spectrum of the people I know, don't mind it being darker and grittier more than in reality. But it's also a case of DC, with the exception of the the series in the what sixties, and when Batman first came on and whatnot. There is a huge time period before now, even where DC was really dark. It it's mm-hmm. it's always been darker than Marvel. I mean, look at um, look at Constantine. I don't know when Constantine came out, but Constantine's part of DC Comics, mm-hmm. and it's mm-hmm. that deals with demonology and the occult. Yeah, oh, like yeah. that can't be dark unless they're doing some campy Scooby Doo thing, which DC didn't. Well, so even, I, even I mean, the, heck, uh, even yeah. I mean, the heck, comic, look at Ghost Rider. Well, Ghost, well, that that's Marvel. That was yeah. Marvel. That, that was yeah. what Marvel's trying. To, that's how Marvel tried to do demonology with Ghost Rider, for better or worse. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, right. Um, but you know, even even in the comics, DC is inherently darker. Even t- take a <clears throat> character that lends himself easily to camp, like uh, Green Lantern. Yeah, you know, mm-hmm. just the, 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 there's something about a giant green fist that I've just never been able to take terribly seriously. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yet in the comics, they had the the Green Lantern, Hal Jordan, become one of the biggest bad guys yeah. uh, that that yeah. entire company has ever seen in its history. That's right, Parallax. Yeah, and Parallax. Exactly. He went and he yeah. he went around killing Green Lanterns, collecting their rings. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. So it, it, it DC's always been dark, and it might be mm-hmm. a generation disconnect because of like <clears throat> the campier comics and the campy TV series and mm-hmm. movies. But DC's always been that way, so it fits the brand, and it fits what my generation seems to be more into, though my generation also is huge on Marvel. But mm-hmm. I think where DC comes into issues is, especially considering the behind-the-scenes issues they've had to deal with, with the latest movies, I mean, the, the newer movies coming out seem to be doing a little bit better. But when they first started trying to do this DCEU, they didn't necessarily pull off the dark well because mm-hmm. of all the conflict 
behind the scenes, most likely. Yeah. Yeah. So it doesn't really translate to the audience. What I come up yeah, I, I, I completely agree. I think there's, uh, from what you're saying, Eric, and uh, from the rumors and Crystal, what you're saying, uh, just your impression, it's my impression as well. There's a lot of studio interference going on here and a lot of people trying to, trying to take something and fit it into a mold, but not quite fit it into a mold. Like, we know mm. we can't do exactly what they're doing, but we want the results of what they're doing. And yeah. They yeah. like like the studio itself doesn't really know what it wants to do. Now, as far as yeah. Man of Steel, when I first saw it, I really really liked it. I was like, "This is really yes. good." Uh, you know, the my only my literally only my sticking my only sticking point with it is uh, the whole uh, death of Jonathan Kent scene. Mm. I don't quite I don't quite buy that. I just yeah. I've tried a lot of people I've tried hard and I, I don't. Yeah, I, a lot of people just, don't. But let me. A lot of people don't, but let me ask you though. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, a lot of people don't, but let me ask you this. Um, are you a dad? Oh yes. <laughs> okay. Um, if you're like say like if one of your kids like was excelled on certain things, um, what would you think? Would you want the kid to go out there and and do and do like you know bit these big stuff, or would you feel on instinct protective of them? Oh yeah, and that's See, pretty, that's, not, that's, that's pretty not much what's going problem. on. That's not yeah. my problem. But why, but why would he tell him, "Don't save me"? Yeah. No, no, well, here's the not, thing. That's not my problem. I get that. I get yeah. it from I get it from John's perspective. I yeah. buy that. I don't buy Clark not doing him it. Down. That's yeah. what I don't buy. Um, here's in that case, like it was like a, a moment of of his conflict because you know, on the one hand, trust his father. But it was it was like I feel I always felt like like this. A he's worried about it's his struggle with what if my dad is right that a I'm not ready and b the world isn't ready. But like, could he have in that moment snapped and said screw this and then saved him and then saved him snatch him and put him somewhere? Well, sure, but what what would be the consequences of that? And I think it's a moment of this movie is about his growth, and I'm sure like. Later on, like when he's in Batman v Super in his Batman v Superman years, like once he's in his element, he would have found a way. But at that point, he's like a young adult. He's a teen, and he's like, and he is still struggling. Like, what should I do? I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. And in that moment, it was a moment of trusting his dad in those yeah. few seconds, and he's still angst ridden. But like, I do get people's problems with it. But at the one hand, it's one of those things that either works for you or doesn't. Yeah, yeah. yeah I will. Uh, yeah. Like I can see it. I, I, I'm like I, I've yeah. been like this close to being on board with it. I just can't quite get there. Uh, but yeah. otherwise, other than that, I, I, I'm, I, I'm genuinely annoyed with every other criticism of that movie. You know, like being moody, the carnage. Like, okay, all right, people. Oh, yeah. Same people. Same and, and people have been complaining yeah. for years that. You're step super, you don't like Superman because he's too perfect. Nothing's ever yeah. nothing's ever nothing's ever wrong. He's not vulnerable. He doesn't seem human. He doesn't have regular problems. He needs there. He never, in the movies. He never fights a, a somebody that's actually a physical threat to him. You got literally yeah. the Superman you've been asking for. Yeah, and you're complaining about it. You would exactly. And on top of that. Uh, and on top of that, you know what annoys, you know what ticks me off the most about the Christians of Man of Steel? All this stuff 
their criticisms about Lois Lane? Well, A, you have Amy Adams, who is by all accounts one of the greatest actresses of our time. Five now six-time Oscar nomination. It's a crime that she hasn't won any. But you have her as Lois Lane. And what, what do they say about her? Why is she a redhead? She shouldn't be a redhead. Lois Lane has not been a redhead. Okay, okay. first of all, that's, that's nonsense. Pick up a comic book from the late 80s and the 90s. That whole time period, which is the time period of some of the greatest comics in history. You have the Death of Superman storyline. You have Zero Hour. You have the Wedding Album. And all like those, the great superman storylines all the great batman storylines are from that period like the long halloween batman year one um batman hush like all that great stuff in that time period lois is a redhead and in fact if you look at dan jurgens's run um is heading superman she looks just like amy adams it is eerie but regardless that's what that's one of my main things my other one is this notion that they got into people's heads that henry cavill and amy adams have no chemistry it's like what are you talking about they're great together that moment where he's like you might want to step back a little bit and she steps back and she goes maybe a little bit more and she just grins as she steps back that was just so perfect uh, but i it, it, you know what but you know what what that means when people say they have no chemistry you know what they mean by chemistry they, they mean tony's <laughs> well, well, cut to uh, Batman v Superman in the bathtub, which is awesome. But whatever. Uh, what they mean is they want Tony Stark and Pepper bantering a mile a minute. That's what they want. And to me, it's that's what they really mean when you you really get down to it. Like they don't like those moments of silence between the two of them where they lock eyes and then they where they know which other what they're thinking. Or it's like I point to. Pulp Fiction, one of my favorite movies ever, where um, Uma Thurman tells John Travolta, why do we think it's, people think it's necessary to yak about, not, about BS all the time? That's when you know you found someone special, when you can just shut up for a minute and share a comfortable silence. And that's what Henry and Amy do as Batman and Lois. And it's so perfect, I think. Yeah, I, I, speaking of um, the criticism of things people have been complaining about and wanting for a while, and they yeah. get it and they... About. I'm actually curious what your two thoughts is on this because I, I feel like I often see it with Batman because um yeah and, and this has always been one of my personal pet peeves. Putting aside me being a huge Batman fan, I always found it weird that people love Tony Stark, but when it whenever it came to Batman, it was always oh he's just a rich guy, he's not relatable. Yeah. This is going across all the boards of like the movies, the comics, the games, the TV shows. You know, Batman, he saw his parents die right in front of him as a kid. Mm. He's been betrayed by how many of his parents? He can't trust people. He's, there's actually a comic canon where he was raped. <sighs> but he, he's had his back broken. He's had all of this stuff happen to him. And yet he's just a rich guy. So I, I, I could be kind of curious what you guys thought yeah. on that. Because I used to see that <clears throat> the other Superheroes. I think, oh, I think yeah. Jared hit on exactly the exactly the right thing with the uh, Clark and with the uh, Clark and Lois and uh, Pepper and Tony comparison. They don't like they don't relate to Batman because Batman isn't funny. Yeah, he isn't. Uh, he 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 isn't he isn't a quick machine. 
No, yeah. and they tried, and Joss Whedon tried to make him that in the reshoots for Justice League, and it doesn't work. No, no, because it's not him. It's not. No. Batman. It's not Bruce Wayne. I don't think he's quite the. I don't quite think he's quite the borderline psycho. Uh, no. He was just utterly wrapped up in himself that uh, yeah. people have been portraying him as for a while. Yeah, for a while now, like almost since the almost since the late '90s, early aughts, really, uh, people have been portraying Batman that way. But I, I don't think that's quite him. Uh, I think he's. I think um, I think actually Chris Nolan about got it right. Yeah, yeah. and I will. I will say this. Sorry. Oh yeah. Sorry. Go on. Uh, yeah. No, I was just debating because Batman really keeps to himself. And actually, if you really think about it, they portrayed him as kind of having three different masks. You know, the Bruce Wayne mask, mm-hmm. the Batman mask, and how he actually is as Bruce Wayne, which you only see when he's yeah. on Alfred. Yes. And you know, I, look yes. at the and animated series. Sorry, go on. Yes, <laughs> Kevin Conroy. Yes, Kevin Conroy. In fact, I was just going to yes and to that because oddly enough, that is one of the great things about Ben Affleck's Batman. And I, mm-hmm. I've said this I've said this a lot, and it's a great comparison between um, between Christian Bale's Batman and uh, Ben Affleck's. Christian Bale's Batman is the perfect young Batman. He is the Batman who comes in kind of idealistic and he's looking forward to the day where he no longer has to be Batman. He's looking forward to one day retiring. Uh, and, and of course, in the, in the end of the trilogy, he fakes his death and he retires with Selina. They go to Europe and they live happily ever after. Mm-hmm. And the thing is, what all of that says is that <clears throat> Christian Bale's Batman, he is Bruce Wayne first and Batman second. They pay lip service to oh the Bruce thing is the mask in the but that's not how he acts. For him, Bruce is the real person and Batman is the mask. Now, with Ben Affleck, he's the perfect older Batman. He is the Batman who has been at this for 20 years. He's and after all this time, he's accepted that this is my lot in life and he tells Alfred in the ultimate edition, criminals are like weeds, Alfred. You pull them out and more just come in. And he's just keeping at this forever. And for him, it's Batman is his identity. It's Bruce Wayne that's the mask. And the thing is, what he does, what I love about Ben Affleck's portrayal, you mentioned Kevin Conroy. Kevin Conroy, I will agree, is the absolute best. Kevin, what Ben Affleck does, if when you see it, listen to what he to his voice when he's at the charity scene. When mm. he's putting on his Bruce Wayne persona, mm. he heightens up his tone of voice just like kevin conroy does he goes oh uh i'm just looking for the bathroom i like those shoes and so on but when he's talking with alfred his voice lowers Mm -hmm. he goes back to like his normal mode just like kevin conroy does and it's like and it's just so great it's like of course when he talks with uh with clark you can see that transition like that and look at how he smirks by the way Mm-hmm. Ben Affleck yes. made it up. It's as if yes. Ben Affleck studied. He studied. He studied Kevin Conroy's animation. He does the one-sided Kevin Conroy smirk. Like well, he, he knows. He knows. You know. He, well, and it's well known. Uh, Affleck is an is a big Batman fan. Uh, <laughs> yes. Crystal, you might not know this. The whole reason he agreed to play. Well, the main one of the reasons he agreed to play Daredevil back in the day. Because he figured yeah. that was the closest he'd ever get to playing Batman. Yes. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. 
Oh, and if I may, this one last comparison between Chris Nolan's interpretation and Zack Snyder's. Um, look at the two different versions of the Wayne family murder. In Batman Begins, um, yeah, you know, Thomas Wayne, like he, like he and Martha, they're gunned down. Mm -hmm. And they're saying like, hey, take it easy, take it easy. And he guns them down. And then, of course, when uh, and later on in the movie, then Razogul is training Bruce, and he says to Bruce, your parents' death was not your fault. It was your father's, because your father failed to act. The training is nothing. The will is everything. And mm -hmm. Bruce carries that with him throughout the trilogy with this hope that all good needs is the will to act, and evil is defeated. But in Batman v Superman, you see that Thomas and Martha, they, they tell Bruce, like, step back. And they try to rush the gunman. They, mm -hmm. they act and they're gunned down anyway. Yeah. So in other words, Bruce doesn't even have that. He doesn't even have that reassurance that all good needs to do is the will to act. As, and as he tells Clark later at the end of their fight, my parents' death, you know what it taught me? It taught me the world only makes sense when you force it to. That's why Ben Affleck's Batman is so much more cynical and so much more jaded than Christian Bale's Batman is. And that's why he bends his one rule. He doesn't, this is a very common misconception about Ben Affleck's Batman and Snyder's Batman. Mm -hmm. Everyone says, Batman, oh, he breaks his one rule. He's killing people. No, he bends it. He doesn't break it any more than Christian Bale does or Michael Keaton does. If you oh, if you pay attention to it, Michael Keaton did not have that rule, man. He did not yeah. have that rule at all. I, yeah. I remember distinctly uh, in the opening fight scene of Batman Returns, he's yeah. fighting uh, well the yeah circus clowns, and he's he drops a bomb to a guy. Yes, and smiles. He smiles, and you are going to lecture me about Ben Affleck killing? Excuse me, what do you think of Michael Keaton? Oh, I love Michael Keaton. Michael Keaton killed. Michael Keaton actually did murder. So don't give me he this nonsense about... And dropped yeah. people's feet. Yes, yes. So don't talk to me about Ben Affleck's killing. The guys who die from fighting Ben Affleck, they die in a firefight. Mm -hmm. And that happens with Christian Bale. And the thing is, with him, with Ben Affleck, it's not like he, he bends his one rule. So that it's not, I will never kill, like with Christian Bale. For him, it's, I will not set out to kill. But if a bad guy dies in the firefight shooting at me, that's on them. That he's bending his one role for practicality. He's not breaking it right. like Michael Keaton did. Right. You know, so there you go. And on the, on the subject of heroes killing, of course, everybody, there were many people upset that uh, Superman killed Zod Super at the end of Fantasy. <sighs> G give me a break. I, I used to. He could have just flown up. And then what? Continue oh, thank you so much. And, and, there you go. and then what? Continue the fight. It's like, here's the thing. And I always say this too. I keep pressing them to do and then what? And then what? And then what? Because really, the Phantom Zone is closed. Yeah. Kryptonite has not been discovered. What are you going to do? What are you going to do? Are you going to knock him out? Okay. And then what? What prison is going to hold him? Well, ex that's now, exactly so right. That's I exactly pre the right. Question. I pressed. Where you put him. Yes. I pressed someone on this. I pressed someone on this. I won't say his name because I really respect him otherwise, but someone on YouTube, like, I press him on this, and then what, and then what, and then what? And finally he said, I swear, he said, and I quote, um, that in the fight, something accidental should happen and crush, like a building should come down and crush Zod or something. Oh, 
The word for that is deu ex machina. You want a deu ex machina to bail Clark out of a tough, situ- out of a hard choice. That's what you're telling me? And you are telling me that Zack Snyder and David Goyer are guilty of lazy writing? Give me a break! Well, not to mention, <sighs> buildings have been falling on these guys the entire fight. They literally, yeah. they literally flew down from, they literally went up to space while they're fighting, kept fighting, yes. went, smashed up one of Bruce's <clears throat> satellites, came, came back yes. In re-entry, Kevin, you think a little building falling out of him is going to... Yeah, and, and of course, and everyone complains about, well, why didn't uh, Clark try to take the fight out of the city? He did! He literally tried to push Zod into space, and Zod fought back, because Zod... Zod has military training that Clark doesn't have. If the fight had gone on any longer, Zod would have won. Absolutely. Now, there's... Yeah, go ahead, and the thing is, think about how anticlimactic that would be. Like something outside of Superman kills Zod. It's almost kind of. It'd be like if if that were in the movie, you would see people making animations, uh, parodying it, where Superman's going like it, eh, and then the building falls, and then he's like, "Guess my job here is done. I'm gonna go home now." Bye. <laughs> away. <laughs> yeah. That's how that yeah. would go. And yeah, I know, right? But more to, more and, to the point, you know, again, let's turn back the clock to Chris, to the Christopher Reeve Superman. Superman 2, yeah. when he fights Zod. Um, when he, he depowers Zod. him and then kills him! Exactly. He throws him down He throws him down a freaking crevasse after he's depowered. After he's not a threat anymore. Yes! There! You can say he's a murderer. You cannot say Superman's a murderer in Man of Steel. He, no you can call him a murderer. No one bad. Yeah! Like, yeah! And people just gotten really dumb. Like, yes! really, really dumb. The answer is yes. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh. Superman was acting in self-defense of the city and himself. Yes, and yeah. he was saving a family too. And he was yeah. saving a family too. Yeah, it's yes. like, oh. and to to- and to top it all off, and to top it all off. He gets upset at what he did. He breaks down in tears and Lois comforts him, which yeah. by the way is so is why like I love Amy at well, I love Amy Adams, period. She's the closest thing she's essentially if cinematic crushes are an actually thing, there you go. But um but um I love her portrayal of Lois is that she gives her so much warmth and compassion as Lois. Like, and there's this notion of her being like just that nurturing side of her and there's a, that's so good like how she hugs and like it is just you really know she really is the one who keeps him going like and that's really yeah. brought to dramatic effect in bbs yeah that's yeah. actually that's what i was going to point out too like i i haven't seen man of steel yet but i remember people discussing the movie even people who were critical <laughs> and it wasn't that bad were pointing out guys this is supposed to be that's Superman's conflict is his men- mental conflict of he doesn't want to do this, but he has to. Right. He's in a situation where he has to do things he doesn't necessarily want to do. Yep, and it's really it is really hard for him because I, I don't even know if he's so upset that he that, that he killed a person. I think he's more upset that he yeah. killed that, that the last of his kind. Not. Exactly, exactly. He mm-hmm. literally had to break the neck of one of. The, as far as he knows, last survivor of Krypton. This is like this is yes. guy who knew his dad. Yes, it's like that. That right there. That's where his yeah. real conflict comes from. Yes, yeah. and he. Did, this isn't just him breaking breaking a rule at conflict with his values or some 
or, yeah. or some stuff like that. No, this is a genuine like he's choosing. He's he's breaking off a significant connect a significant connection with his past. Yes, he's, very and, much so. And, and as far as he knows, he's cutting <laughs> off any possibility of actually getting to like learn about learn firsthand from from firsthand knowledge about his homeworld, about his father, his family. What yes. happened at the end? How did it go down? What was it like before it all started? He gave yeah. up all of that and that actually yes. saved strangers. So yes. bite me, Superman critics. Woo! <laughs> Deus fault. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> there you I, go. I'm really annoyed with criticisms about that uh, about that movie. Yeah. Like, really, really annoyed. Other ones, I like. You know, we get into Batman versus Superman. I, I get, I get the Martha criticisms because well, I totally get what they were doing. Yeah. You know? It's like, I, I get what they're doing. I, I, I'm completely on yeah. board with what they were doing. Uh, yeah. I think it can't. I think they're they had to find find a better way to accomplish that goal. I'll say this: it comes off bad. Yeah, I'll say this. Um, if I were part of Zach's power team, if you will, in putting that together, I would have said, you know, the one thing this movie needs. Um, there are a lot of things that I would want more of. I would want to see more of Lois or some whatever, but there you go. Um, but the one thing this movie needs is a scene where Clark is researching not just Batman, but he's researching Bruce Wayne. Because we saw mm -hmm. in the charity scene that Clark already has his suspicions, and he follows him for a little bit. He mm -hmm. already has his suspicions. So after that, have him at his and Lois' apartment researching Bruce Wayne, coming up like and coming across the story of the Wayne family murders mm -hmm. and then looking at the names, Thomas and Martha Wayne. And that would have set it up because I've always suspected, look, he knows he's Bruce. He even calls him Bruce at the beginning of the fight. And at the end of the fight, he's awake to hear Bruce talking about his parents. And then when he's about to kill him, like Clark says, you're letting them kill Martha. So Clark knows from what Batman just told him that his parents dying is a sore point to him. And he and with that scene, he would have already known, oh, son of a gun. Our mom's name, our mom's parents are the same name. So there you go. Then he used that deliberately to do it. Now, oddly enough, there is a publicity photo of Zack Snyder and Henry Cavill, and Henry Cavill sitting down uh, and looking at a computer screen and looking shocked. And I'd like to think that that's what's going on and for whatever reason they cut it. But regardless, and, and I've always said this to, to most Martha critics probably have not thought it through the way you have they think right. it's our mother's names are the same so let's be friends no 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 no. it's not that it is batman bruce for the whole movie has been trying his best to de to dehumanize superman in his mind so that he won't feel any guilt over killing him mm -hmm. but yeah. with that moment our mother's names have it's his mother why'd you say that name it's his mother's name it's forced him to get is force him to realize that those excuses mean nothing if i kill this man and his mother dies i will be no better than the man who killed martha wayne and that's what's going on and that's what he's realizing that that's what he's about to become and so thing, and the thing is that would have been a good tie-in too between the superman and the car kent aspect of his you know yeah. character of his because <laughs> You could have a scene where, like, he's in the middle of working as a reporter, and he like, sneakily starts researching of Bruce Wayne. Well, he is. 
he does research Batman throughout the movie. That's the thing. And like Perry White's chewing him out. It's like, why should, shouldn't you be reporting on this other story? Why are you so obsessed with Batman? But yes, um, that is one scene that I felt would have helped it. And I suspect they filmed that scene, but for whatever reason, they didn't include it even in the ultimate cut, but whatever. Yeah. But yeah. Now, one, uh, one criticism of Batman v Superman that may be uniquely mine is... Mm -hmm. Because I've never heard anyone talk talk about it. It revolves around Doomsday, and no, not the fact that it looks like a cave troll or anything like that. <laughs> it's more has to do with Lex than it does with Doomsday, actually. Because yeah. you know, Lex sets up the the Batman and Superman fight, fully mm -hmm. expecting that Batman's gonna gonna kill Superman, but mm -hmm. he's got this. He's got Doomsday, you know, cooking in the ship. As yeah. Plan B. Okay. Except. While the fight's going on, he's got Doomsday cooking, which yes. means he was ready to launch this baby. What was his plan A yeah. with Doomsday exactly? His plan was well, as he said, with Doomsday. If I mean, if Batman managed to kill Superman, yes. what was he going to use Doomsday for? Exactly. Well, here's the thing. Here's the thing. His plan was he was he wanted to win either way. Like he wasn't necessarily wanting one outcome over the other as far as like you know batman killing because as he said to clark bring me the head of the bat because like they need to see you for what you are they need to see how dirty you are when it counts so he's saying like if batman if batman kills him he's gotten rid of superman if superman kills batman he's gotten rid of batman who's also been an annoyance to him and the world sees how far Superman is willing to go if pushed hard enough. And, and then he Yeah. And then he unleashes Doomsday to whack him. But still, if Batman yeah. killed Supes, what was what was he gonna do with Doomsday exactly? Uh I don't know. I guess like shut maybe maybe shut down the operation, put him down or something. Well, like, but the is, thing is there's no hint of that in the film. There's no hint I don't know. of him Here's having any method at all. Of, of yeah. controlling this thing, of even trying to, of it even be a consideration. I feel like though, when he stands in front of Doomsday and spreads out his hands, mm -hmm. I feel like that was an indication that he feels like, oh, he won't hurt me because I'm his father. I feel like that's what's going on. Is that <laughs> he's so he's kind of unhinged, kind of that far gone. That's part of how nuts he how nuts he is amid his brilliance. But I think that's yeah. kind of what's going on. I do see what your point is with that, but still, it's one of those things, you know. Yeah, it's it would be a it would be a quibble if they're if everything else in the film fit perfectly, I would yeah. it would probably be a it would probably just be a quibble. But I'm yeah. like that's what, one of those things. What was he gonna do? Now, actually, as I was talking, as we were talking through this, it did a plan A did occur to me actually. Yeah, he knows Steppenwolf is coming. Oh yes, there you go. Because like, and he was talking with Steppenwolf and all that. Because like, Steppenwolf was talking with him. Mm -hmm. And of course, that leads into uh, Justice League if we want to get into that. But yeah, right, right. So, but yeah, he knew he knew Steppenwolf was coming, so it was like, well, I'm not going to let some cr crazy horned demigod take over my planet. So, you know what? I'm yeah. going to keep this thing. Yeah, yeah I'm going to keep this thing in the corner over there. And if this guy shows up, well, here you go. <laughs> yeah, and of course, if I'm like, he didn't. Maybe it's like. Uh, he if um batman won like he would he would like ha he still has like doomsday in the womb so maybe like shut it down or something i don't i don't necessarily know exactly what the plan is but you know i would, need to, I would need to double check the timing of that but i don't think the timing of things really yeah. allows for that yeah, maybe 
Yeah, maybe, maybe. But maybe. it's like it's just one thing. I but mean, again, to me, it's again, like most of people's Christmas. To read things in. To, yeah, you, you gotta read, you gotta read that into the story. It's not there. Yeah. It's not like you know looking yeah, in yeah. depth into the into the Martha thing. No, that's all there. Yeah. That's all there yeah. in the story. You're not. Yeah, absolutely. You're, you're, that's what. Yeah, it's one of the things. Yeah, you're not. I will say this. Like, to make it work, it does work. <laughs> you just gotta. I will say this. Like. I'll say this, like, and I do see your point with that one, and that's the closest thing I've I've heard to like an actual plot hole in BVS. Even though it's like you can sort of like come up with theories for it, but the one thing I do not understand is like people were saying, why? Like they were saying, how does Lois know to get the Kryptonite spear? And yeah. I'm like, well, how does Bruce know to get the Kryptonite spear? He figured it out. So did Lois. Lois and Bruce had the exact same amount of information. So of course they and they both figured out at the same time. Mm -hmm. Or are you suggesting that Lois cannot be as smart as Bruce? No. I don't know. How yeah, how they? dare you? Oh. Yeah. So yeah, so there you go. Because <laughs> honestly, like and, and the whole movie has been setting up how brilliant Lois is as a detective. Yeah. So there you mm -hmm. go. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And that was <clears throat> Yeah, most of the criticisms of, the, of that movie I also yeah. disagree with. I do yeah. agree that it was too chock full of stuff. Mm. I think there were too many. Uh, yeah. there, I think there were too many uh, flashbacks, too many. Yeah. You know, there, there's a flashback, there's a dream sequence, there's a vision oh, for the, the, the nightmare. The oh, <laughs> oh, the nightmare thing. Like, oh I love God, the nightmare. Dude. Oh, I love the nightmare. Don't get me wrong. Don't get me wrong. I like the, I yeah. like the I'm just like, but there yeah. is. There's so much. Yeah. And that either works. And yeah, and that either works for you, or that either works for you, or it doesn't. And it's another reason for why it needed to be three hours long, at least, mm -hmm. because if you're trying to compact that into two and a half hours, it's not going to work for people, and it didn't. Yeah. But then when the ultimate edition was released, mm -hmm. everyone, everyone like was real opened up. It's like, wow, this movie's actually pretty good. I'm sorry, Zach, but by that time, the damage had already been done. Uh, Warner Brothers had David Ayer reshoot a lot of Suicide Squad to make it more fun. And then they were like, uh, they were getting kind of like uh, uh, uncertain about what to do with Justice League. So that's, yep. but that's the next part of the story, isn't it? And, uh, yes, yes, it is. And you know, if yeah. if it were me, I definitely would have cut the uh, yeah. I, I would have cut the Flash vision out of there because mm. I don't honestly think it winds up having any. It doesn't wind up having any relevance really to it, Batman v Super Superman. But it, it's it's meant to foreshadow because it's part of the thing oh, I, that I like that was Zach's original plan. I do understand. But I, that. and yeah. and maybe had, had Justice League uh, come off better and followed Zach's original plan. Yes. Maybe, maybe in retrospect, that would work better. Yeah, and it's it foreshadow. It's yeah, and it, it wouldn't feel like it was just this random thing that they jammed in there to go. Hey, by the way, remember, there's a Justice League coming. And yeah, I, I I will say like it is meant to have a lot of dramatic payoff too. But that's part of like again, if we want to go into like Zach's original vision, if you if you want right. to go into that now, right? Um, um, if you want to go into that now, well, no, normally we wrap it up about ten. I don't know if we got hmm. room to well, get. I think we can. You know, I, you know what I. I do though. You were you did go to the trouble of putting on that shirt. So yes, and I said and I sent you like a picture of it too, like yeah. of, of this insignia. This was right here. This yeah. baby right here. Zack Snyder um, made this shirt and he sent it out like to raise money for charity at the beginning of this year, like a, a few months ago. Okay. What this this was what this is right here with all these symbols mm -hmm. is a blueprint for what he was going to do. Oh. Like, and, 
Yes, what this is, and and I sent and I sent this to uh to you to to the to, to you guys. Like, if you want yeah. to check this out, but all like there's there's the different icons of the main members of the Justice League and so on. But the reason, the main reason I bring this up is because is because this was Zach's original plan. Um, he was going to have the Snyder uh the just his version of Justice League, which by the way, um, a lot of people don't know like how complete was it. His version of Justice League was basically done. By the time he left, like a lot of people say, oh, well, you know, he brought in uh, they brought in Joss Whedon to do the reshoots. No, here's the thing. People who have worked with Zach in his movies, they mm -hmm. say what Zach does, even if the studio schedules time for reshoots later on, mm -hmm. Zach does his pickups and reshoots during the main production. All he wanted to shoot was done. And as for editing, like there's this like his cinematographer said the movie was already in picture lock what we call picture lock now what that means is editing was done he had had everything arranged the way he wanted to and it was locked together all that was left were visual effects and the score and for the score junkie xl had put out tweets implying that he was at least kind of sort of done and as for visual effects well he ended production in october of 2017 and he left in in May of 20, no, in 2016, he left in May of 2017. He ended production in October 2016, and that's seven months. I'm pretty sure he completed most visual effects by then. There's a in Snyder seven so months. What you're saying is there is definitely a Snyder cut. There is absolutely 100% a Snyder cut, and at worst, it's like 85 to 90% done with visual effects. And Zach himself has said, like, like in his recent Snyder co convention, like his uh, where he's doing his director's cuts and all that. Someone asked him directly, "Is there a Zack Snyder cut?" He says, "Look, absolute sure, there's a cut. I have a cut. It's done, and it's up to them to release it." So the Snyder, so with the Snyder cut, like as you said, we don't really have that much time. But like the Snyder cut was to set up, was to set me more. It was to, it had Steppenwolf, but also had Dark Side as a big part. But there was going to be more Nightmare Flashes. Like Vic, like Cyborg was going to have some um, Nightmare Flashes when he was connecting with the computer in the Scout ship when they were reviving Super. He was supposed to have some Nightmare Visions, and that's why in the fight with their when they're. Why the fight begins with Superman begins with his suit taking control and shooting and panicking and shooting at Superman because he had those visions. Um, there's supposed to be some other things there. And then Justice League 2 was going to involve um, Darkseid coming in, invading Earth. And he and what was going to happen was he was going to go boom tube. He was going to whack Lois. Oh. And in his, ra in his rage and despair, Clark and Clark like is blames it on Batman because Batman already had that warning from flash that Lois is the key. And he tried to protect Lois and failed. So oh. what was going, to, but here's what was going to happen as Zach himself explained, they were going to have this dark, this nightmare thing, this nightmare universe. And then all that was left of the justice league, like uh, Diana presumably dies trying to save Lois. And then she dies. Aquaman's already dead, but what's left is Batman flash and cyborg. So what happened was they're going to go back in time, but the, doing the calculations, there are two possibilities of when to go back. Uh -huh. One of those was Flash going back and saying, and like, uh, and, in Batman maybe Superman, and he's like, well, wait a minute, am I too soon? Ah, I'm too soon! Because it was the wrong portal. 
The other portal would have been going back at the right point to say, Darkseid's coming. We have to get Lois out of here. And then they say, and then like Bruce saves the day. Now, so the idea was in the end, it was going to be Bruce was going to ask Victor, what doorway would you pick? Well, I would pick that one. Then take the other one because that's the wrong one. That's the one where Barry went through and was yelling at me nonsense. We have to take that one. And they take that one. And it was going to be straight out of Final Crisis. Now Bruce knows Darkseid's going to boom tube into the Batcave. So what he does is going to be straight out of Final Crisis. He and Darkseid gun each other down. Now, this shirt, at the very bottom, you can see a triangle with a baby. Mm-hmm. Now, there's been symbols of the superheroes, but, every, but there's been this theory. I was... Not to preen, but I was the one who actually formally put this theory out. And Zack Snyder responded to me on Vera with applause, an applause emoji, saying I was right. Okay. What it, and my, my theory was this, that it was going to be the, that it was going to be that Injustice League, you know, like they go to the Kent farm, like Lois extends her hand, like come with me, my love. They go into there and that's where she gets pregnant. And she's pregnant for most of like of Justice League 2. And then Clark and Br- Clark, uh, Bruce and Darkseid gun each other down. They die. The world is saved. Clark is like Lois is saved. Clark is saved. And you can see there's a coffin with a W on it for Wayne. Mm-hmm. Their blood drop blood, blood drops through the bat symbol and becomes like a uh, a sperm cell, which is symbolic of his duty as a man. A man's got to do what a man's got to do. But mm-hmm. it's also symbolic of his legacy passing on. Because at the end of the movie, Lois gives birth. And Clark and Lois name their baby son Bruce. Aww. Yep. Yep. <laughs> and the funny thing is, um, and oddly enough, supposedly Zack Snyder had a, when they said, okay, we're going to do a shared universe now. Zack had a five-part movie plan mapped out with Man of Steel and Batman v Superman being part one and two. And then other filmmakers would make their movies like um, Wonder Woman or Aquaman and so on. Mm-hmm. But his five-part plan was Man of Steel, BVS, Justice League 1, Justice League 2, and a third that we don't know for sure what it is. Um, a lot of people have said that that storyline of Darkseid coming in, killing Lois and all that, and then going back in time was a two-parter. I personally don't think so because on the schedule, they were scheduling Justice League Part 1 and Justice League Part 2. So maybe that was the original idea, but then like they simplified it into like, one movie. But regardless, um, Part 5, a lot of people believe, and I'm kind of leaning towards this theory, that Part 5 was supposed to be Flashpoint. This and that Flashpoint... Go. Yeah, and Flashpoint was basically going to be like our Days of Future Past. Barry does whatever, and when he fixes it up and comes back to the present, there's a new Batman. Bruce is still alive. Because Ben Affleck, he says, I'm here for Zack's storyline, and then I'm basically done because I'm pretty old right now. Right. So he's back, and Batman's alive, but maybe a little bit different, another actor. And then they can do whatever they want with the DCU, make it fun, make it Marvel, whatever. But this is my storyline, my five-part storyline with a clean ending with Mm -hmm. Justice League 2, and then maybe a transition point with Flashpoint. And by the way, Mm -hmm. one last thing. Who did Zack Snyder cast as Thomas Wayne? He cast Jeffrey. Yeah. Yeah. 
a big why would he cast that guy as Thomas Wayne? But wait, wouldn't he be perfect as Flashpoint Batman? Oh yes. Yes, he yeah, the the super angry, super tough guy Batman. Who better than the comedian to do that? Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Well, that's the woo. Yeah, I I didn't I, I didn't think about that before, but uh, reading your re- review, I was like, oh yeah, that's like. Mm-hmm. Actually, I think I had probably read that somewhere because it felt very mm-hmm. familiar. I was like, yeah. yeah, yeah, that makes absolute perfect sense, and I knew that Flashpoint was was probably in the mix somewhere. At least the, the yeah. spec- there was a lot of speculation that Flashpoint was a thing that was going to happen somewhere yeah. down the line. And yeah, yeah that well, makes perfect sense to me. I would have <clears throat> loved to see it, especially since yeah. they did a fantastic job with that storyline and the animated. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I would have loved – and the funny thing is the Snyder Cut, according to Zach himself, the Snyder Cut of Justice League 1 is – 214 minutes long three and a half hours which is whoa that's like that is like lord of the rings extended cut length but if you notice there's a little bit of a pattern man of steel was two and a half hours batman v superman ultimate edition three hours snyder cut of justice league two and a half Hmm. was three and a half was just was justice league two going to be four hours because like because like that would have been an intermission worthy right there that would have been cool would have been intermission worthy but that means that flashpoint would have been four and a half you might as well make a mini series out of that mm-hmm. which and there's a lot of stuff you can do in flash the flashpoint universe so you might as well make that a mini series i guess why not right like, yeah absolutely movie trilogy or something but now yeah. uh it, and honestly uh, yeah, yeah I, I wish we had a lot more time to actually get into that because oh yes, you said so it would be so much fun. Uh, we'll just have to have you back on a, a, again to to go in to go into it. Yeah, I would I so would, love that. I would oh, so love that. Oh, yeah, trust me, this this is a welcome break. We've been way too serious around Woo! here lately. Yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, and of course, you know, so we decided to take a break and let our hair down with the DC universe. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> uh, but um, before we go, Eric. What's your opinion mm-hmm. of the current state of the DCEU? This may surprise some people because a lot of folks like me who are in the hashtag release the Snyder Cut movement are, mm-hmm. let's say, concerned? Concerned? Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, they had a right to be concerned when the guys who were sabotaging Zack's vision were still in charge, like Jeff, like uh, Kevin Sujahara, the, the head of, of Warner Brothers, and Emmerich, and John, and all of the rest. But one by one, each and every one of those guys are gone. Especially Kevin Sujahara, who has just gotten me too'd, which is I, I really dug that. Oh. But um, suppose, like, um, I don't know exactly who is going to replace him. There has been rumblings that the CEO, that the former CEO of Fox, is going to come in and replace him, which would be awesome because under her, the X Men movies have been. I'm not afraid to been dark and gritty. But there you go. But here's the thing. As far as the movies, I actually really loved um, Aquaman, and I love Shazam. There are some people who might call me a traitor for that, but you know, honestly, Shazam does pay like a lot of respect to Zack's films. Like, there's a moment in Shazam where um, I don't know if this is necessarily a spoiler, but like the bat, but Freddy's battering is used, and you hear dun 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 that the Batflex theme, uh-huh, uh-huh. and and a lot of people complain about what something that happens at the very end. They say, oh, does that mean that they're – no, 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 no. Uh, well, here's the thing. 
I am very hopeful that things are getting cleaned up and that everything's going to be cleared out. I'm very, I'm personally very hopeful that the Snyder Cut is going to be released because we have put a lot of pressure on uh, Warner Brothers and the peep and the phone operators are getting a little frustrated. They're getting a little worn out. Let's put it that way. <laughs> but um, I'm ac- I myself am actually um, helping lead this um, effort um, concerning uh, San Diego Comic Con, and okay. in uh, a week or so, and within the next week or so, like keep your eyes peeled for something called Project Comic Con that we're going to uh, do a big advertising assault. But it may be released before then, or it may be released at Comic Con. But who knows? But as for the rest, I mean, I I'm personally really hopeful, but but there is a caveat to that. Um, there's talk that um, Ben Affleck is done as Batman and really who can blame him after all, like he was going to direct and not just starting, but direct a Batman movie. And that would have been Jay Oliva, who was, um, he directed the dark Knight returns animated films. Oh, and yes, Jay Oliva and, and Jay Oliva and Jay Oliva was also Zack Snyder's big storyboard guy. He helped Zack Snyder craft his vision. Okay. And and it, but anyway, Jay Oliva himself said that Ben Affleck's script for the Batman movie says this is the best Batman script I have ever read. And he said that. But unfortunately, what happened was there was this power struggle going along around that time, and basically, um, someone was trying to impose like his will on what the Batman movie should be. Supposedly, it was Jeff Johns was imposing his will on what the Batman movie should be, and then finally, like Batman Bruce and uh, Bat Affleck was just so frustrated, and he's like, "I'm I want out of this. I don't want to be. I don't want I." I joined this because I love Batman and I love what Zack Snyder was doing. I don't want to be have all this pressure on me demanding that I mold to fit what you want. So he's pretty much apparently he's out. Hope Springs Eternal that he's not because like Matt Reeves' Batman trilogy is apparently a prequel trilogy. Twenty because we said 20 years in Gotham. This is the story of those 20 years. That's what Matt Reeves is doing. But Hope Springs Eternal that he's back, he's probably gone. I will say this, and I've said this a lot. This is my line in the sand for whether or not I give in to despair and say, heck with it, I'm done, or I'm still on board, is Henry Cavill as Superman and Amy Adams as Lois. If those two are recast, I'm done. I'm no ifs, ands, or buts, I'm done. But if they're kept, there's a Man of Steel 2 that, that, that keeps them, I'm on board, baby. Whatever, I'm, I'm with you at the end of the line. And there's been back and forth as to what's going on with Henry Cavill. Henry Cavill wants to still be Superman. But I remember, um, I remember a few months ago there was yes. this thing like there, like there were reports that he's out and then like reports like not. an hour yeah. later that no 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 but and an hour later yes, yes he is there, there was like a couple yeah. of days yeah. it was like well, yes yes and then I love what Henry Cavill did he had this Instagram video of him like looking goofy and holding up the 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 uh, the doll superman doll he's like he was basically saying don't take that seriously because what i've been hearing what's been going on was it was just a negotiation dust up for his new contract now whether or not that contract is being settled we don't know but we have been hearing rumors there's this one guy who's a part of the movement who's been saying that he's heard from his source that at san diego comic-con they're going to announce his new contract a four movie, a four movie contract, right. pl- a four movie contract. But the thing is, 
he has one movie left in his old contract. Supposedly, that was supposed to be his Shazam cameo that didn't apparently didn't work out for whatever reason. But that makes a total of five movies to come. Now, hopefully, I hope to heaven that that's true, that he's renewing his contract. Because if he ain't recast, I'm done. I'm done, man. No, I, but it, until then, yeah. But until then, I'm holding out hope. I'm looking forward to Wonder Woman '84. I'm looking forward to Aquaman two. I'm looking forward to Shazam two. I'm looking forward to every. I'm looking forward to The Rock as Black Adam. I'm really am. I still am. I've been looking forward to that for what five years now. Yeah, yeah. Although it's worth noting, The Rock and Henry Cavill have the same agent, and that agent was a producer of Shazam. Oh, no kidding. So, yeah, so Danny Garcia. So, if, and, and Danny was the one that was saying, don't worry, he's still Superman. Gotcha. So, if The Rock has anything to say about it, he's Rock, still Superman. He's got something to say about it. <laughs> yeah. And you can just imagine The Rock saying to whoever is causing trouble for Henry Cavill, so what do you think? Don't you want Henry Cavill to still be Superman? What do you think? Well, uh, it doesn't matter what you think. <laughs> 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 yeah. He is still Superman, and there's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. So there you go. And he just looks at him, raises the eyebrow. <laughs> Woo! Yeah. Can you smell what The Rock is cooking oh, for Black Adam? Because, oh. <laughs> like, ideally, like Shazam Two will not have Black Adam, but Shazam Three had better be the Return of Black Adam. Shazam Superman, the Return of Black Adam. That yeah, especially. Cool. Yeah, because be like. I have my own ideas as to what I would want to do with that movie, Shazam Three, but I don't know if we have time. That may be next time. I think that will be. I think that will be next time. And mm -hmm. uh, Crystal, Crystal, do you have any final thoughts? Um, no, I think you both pretty much said everything that I've been thinking, and I said pretty much everything I've been thinking. Um, there's just a lot of behind-the-scenes stuff with the movies that's causing a disconnect between. How the audience perceives and how <laughs> it was supposed to be and whatnot, but that's all I got. The summary. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well then, uh, Eric, thank you so much for coming on. Thank you. Thanks and for having me on. We're definitely going to have you back on to uh, follow up a little bit, and especially if you've got any announcements regarding San Diego Comic Con, definitely keep us posted. Uh, and oh, I absolutely will. I absolutely will. And where can people find you again? Um, you can find me um, on Twitter. My handle is at Hardboiled Films. On YouTube, my uh, my screen name is Hardboiled Entertainment, and you'll know me because like I my avatar is like a red red thing with a black silhouette of a hardboiled detective fedora and everything. Um, <laughs> on Facebook, I don't really I'm not on Facebook as much as I used to be, but it's Eric M Blake, and you can see me. I'm the dude with uh, Herman Kane. I took a picture with Herman Kane. I thought it was awesome. So it's okay. That's my avatar from now on. And uh, but you could also find me, biggest of all, on Western Free Press as one of the head um, culture and entertainment writers. Still doing my greatest conservative film series, which has all the superhero films, and uh, and so on. All right, great. Well, thanks again uh, for those. Uh, who haven't yet go check out eric's film reviews they're very in-depth very well thought out mm -hmm. uh mm -hmm. you mentioned various parts from them here in our discussion so by all means go check that out and if you haven't yet if you've just bought in to the uh to the press go check out the go check out the dc films mm -hmm. go, go check them out spend some time with them pay attention when you're watching they're not yes. popcorn flicks 
their uh, as Eric Mm-mm. as Eric says, their steak dinners versus a cheeseburger. Oh yeah. yes, I love uh, thank I love that you brought that up. I love I'm so proud of that line and you brought that up. Thank you. It's a very good one. And there so there's there's meat there for those who wish to find it. Now mm. ne- so that's gonna wrap us up for this week. Next week, be back. We're gonna have uh, Faith Moore on again, and we're gonna be talking about Henry the Eighth, the Tudors, and all of that fun stuff. And I see Crystal is going crazy over there. She's looking for me. I'm excited. I thought it was like two weeks ago. I'm excited. <laughs> okay. Don't you love how I didn't even bring that up this entire podcast? Oh uh, wow. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> all right. So. Next week, uh, Faith Moore is going to be here. We'll be talking a little bit of history around Henry VIII. And until then, keep fighting the good fight.